Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Saturday, July 16th, 2022. This is Shannon, and tonight I am here with Kristen, Sarah, Stacy, Brooke, and Georgina, and we are talking about books coming out in August. There are many of them. They are phenomenal. We are excited. So we're going to get started with the usual housekeeping information. Then Stacy will start us off followed by Kristen, <laughs> then me, Sarah, Brooke, and Georgina. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So I have to say that I first saw this book as a pre-order months and months and months ago. I don't even know. It might've even been like the end of 21. Like I can't remember. It was a long time ago. And I was sitting at my computer in the middle of the night looking at books that were coming up soon. And I screamed out loud because I was so excited by the description. And I texted Shannon and I said, please, I need to talk about this book. But now, and it felt like a chasm of time that could never be breached. And I thought, it'll never be August of 2022, and I'll never get to read this book. But friends, I now finally, finally get to tell you how excited I am for Thank You for Listening by Julia Whalen. It comes out August 2nd. I know. And Julia Whalen is like one of my most favorite narrators in the history of my life. She's read things like all of the books by Emily Henry. She's read all the books um, in the Until the End of the World series by Sarah Lyons Fleming. Um, she just is a very, she's, I don't know. She, she's read some read Kristen, a couple Hannah. Kristen Hannah. Yes. She's sort of all over the place, which is really good for us. She's a goddess of narration. She is amazing. Yes. She's and amazing. now she's writing books. And so this book, uh, I love, I love this book so much. Um, I haven't even read it yet. And I already know it's going to be a five star <laughs> read because it's about a young woman who I'm very sorry. I'm not sure precisely how to pronounce her name. So I'm going to go with Suwani uh, Chester. So (laughs) Suwani Chester was an actress back in the day and something happened to her that sort of like derailed her life, kind of ended her dreams. And, you know, now she is um, an audiobook narrator and she kind of likes the anonymity of being in the recording booth and then just sort of like doing what she's going to do. And the other good thing is it kind of helps pay the bills for her grandmother who has some sort of illness. Um, It says her ailing grandmother. 
And Suwani, I know. And Suwani decides last minute she's going to go to this book convention in Vegas and proceeds to have a really smoking hot night with a stranger, which I think is a really cool thing. And when she gets back home, she finds out that a beloved romance author really wanted her to narrate her final book. Um, it sounds as though the author has passed on. And even though Suwani no longer believes in romance and no longer narrates audiobooks, romance audiobooks, she decides that she will, in fact, do this last favor for um, this author. And she finds out that she'll be narrating with Brock McKnight, who I'm like dying. I almost can't even like get the words out. I'm so excited about this book. It's like, it's like all my buttons. So she decides she's going to narrate with or she's told she's going to narrate with Brock McKnight, who is like a very secretive voice within the audio, uh, the, the voice actor, the audio narration community. And so she kind of like resurrects her romance pseudonym and she and Brock begin narrating this book. They begin narrating this book together and they form this sort of amazing connection that is still anonymous because you know they're under pseudonyms who are they really and you know secrets will come to light that could be uh that if she's willing to open herself up could be something that would be a life-altering thing for suwani i want this book i've wanted it for months like i said julia whalen to me is like my favorite narrator i love her she's just a very very talented uh voice actress voice actor. I'm not sure the proper wording, but I just, I really love her and I'm really, well, I love her voice. I don't know if I love her. I've never met her, but I love her <laughs> voice and I'm really excited to see what she does with this book. I'm hoping it gives me some insight into um, audiobook narration, which I think would be really cool for those of us who choose to primarily read audiobooks like I do. Yeah. And I just cannot wait. So this book is called Thank You for Listening. It's by Julia Whalen, and it comes out Thank you, Jesus, on August 2nd. So not long to wait now, my darlings. Not long to wait. So my first book tonight is one that I am really looking forward to. Like, really, really. Um, I've never read anything by this author before, but the description of this book just gives me all the the sweet, ooey-gooey, Pie filling feeling. Oh yay! I can't wait to hear you talk about this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, so, the magic of lemon drop pie. Everyone. Yes. Yes. Oh, by Rachel Linden comes out on August second. All of my books tonight that I'm talking about come out on August second. So it is a really good day. Um. So, Lolly is, and I love her name. Lolly, um, her mother passed away 10 years ago and she, um, gave up her dream of opening her own restaurant in England. She moved home to run her family's Seattle restaurant and to take care of her younger sister and grieving father. And she broke up with the one guy, the only guy she has ever loved. And 10 years later, she is still at home making the famous lemon meringue pies that her family's restaurant is known for. 
but she still pines for what she left behind. And her 33rd birthday is coming up. What a quinky ding. Cause mine is two. <laughs> and- oh my God. <laughs> but it's not on August 2nd. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> and her quirky great aunt uh, gives her three lemon drops. And each lemon drop will let her live a day in a life that is not hers, but could have been. What if she did open a restaurant in England? What if her mother hadn't passed away? And what if she hadn't broken up with the only guy she's ever loved? And through each of these experiences, she learns that Moving forward isn't about being able to redo her past, but learning to embrace what she has now and learning to move forward with what she has and to let go of the regrets of her past. And so I can't wait to read this for so many reasons, But this seems like a book that has a touch of reality with a touch of magic. And I don't think I've ever read anything quite like that before. Um, Not something that's summer house. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I I haven't read that, but (laughs) um, (laughs) that's not anything unusual. So, um, I just, I can't wait for this to come out because it seems so awesome. I mean, there's, there's times where, you know, I wish that I could, you know, just have a glimpse of what it could have been like, if only. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so this seems like it's going to be a really, really, really good story. And I can't wait to read it on August 2nd. So I hope all of you will join me in reading. We will. I will be, be there. Magic. Of Lemon Drop Pie by Rachel Linden. Yeah. Oh my God. Shannon said to me, okay, so Kristen's reading this book, but this looks like something you have to have on your radar. So you have to look this up. And I saw it. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like food and restaurants. And mm-hmm. I love foodie and magic. And then magic, like the whole thing. I just, I, I cannot wait to read this. Like I'm super excited about it. I, I don't know anything about the author. I don't even care. I, don't even, I have never sounds- heard of this author before. It kind of sounds like it has like that magical realism, like the Heather Weber book. Like um, Heather Weber, yeah. Like the Blackbird, uh, Midnight at the Blackbird Cafe. Yeah. And so I'm hoping it's kind of that sort of feel, but like in Seattle. Um, You said Seattle, right? She goes home to Seattle. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just, I think it's going to be a really neat book and I can't wait to read it. So excited. August 2nd is going to be like the best day of my life. So many (laughs) good books. There are a a lot of good books coming out that day. So my first pick tonight is one that I actually wanted Stacy to talk about, not because <laughs> it's um, a Stacy book necessarily, but because the title would just like fit her so, so well. <laughs> so my first book is, are you Sarah? By S.C. I Lolly. thought she would choose this or Sarah would choose it. Just no. the title. <laughs> But it's even spelled like Sarah's name. It doesn't have the H on the end. Yes, it's no H. Really? Yes. 
Now, if there was so, a book called Are You Stacy, I would talk about that one because we are asked this question quite frequently. Indeed, yeah. we are. <laughs> but really, That's the title cool. that we should talk about is Which One Are You? Oh, yes. Ah, that, that would be a good title. That would Sorry. Be a good title. But I, derailed I seriously your... thought Stacy would request this one just because of the title. I, I read the synopsis <laughs> and I got frightened and I could not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this is by S.C. Lolly, and it comes out on August 9th. And I'm kind of wondering if this is like a pseudonym for romance slash women's fiction author Sonia Lolly. Um, I, I need her. to like try to figure this out somehow. So this is a thriller, which is why it is not a Stacey book. No, um, it is about two women who are both named Sarah. Oh, God. They both. <laughs> Oh no. Get into a ride share. But only one of them ends up alive. Oh God. <laughs> Sarah. So we have one Sarah. No, ma'am. So we have one Sarah who is a very busy law student. Um, she goes out to a bar one night and meets a woman in the bathroom. They start talking. They think it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm that they're both named Sarah and they just kind of like spend the, the evening together. At the end of the night, they both get into this ride chair and head home. Now the first Sarah, the law student, Sarah is pretty intoxicated. So she's not like really tracking like what's going on. And so she gets home and she's just like, not really aware. She goes to bed But she wakes up only to discover that she is in like a totally different house in a totally different part of town. Like she has no idea how this happened. And when she finally manages to get back to where she should be, she finds a dead body like (gasps) crumpled on the doorstep of her, her residence. And it is of course the other Sarah. Oh my God. So now she's trying to figure out like, how was she killed? And like, was it that like she, who is the actual Sarah who lives at this place? Like, was she somehow a target or was this just an accident? Like, we don't know, but I want to know because I hear, (laughs) you know, so often about like people say, Oh, you know, I, I thought that that was my ride. And then they asked for somebody else. And so I knew it wasn't. And I'm thinking like, if you're both named Sarah, um, no, you're taking the right ride, maybe, uh, but something, something very bad happens. So I'm excited for this. It is "Are You Sarah" by S. C. Lolly, and it comes out on August 9th. That looks frightening and good. Yes. No, it doesn't. Why couldn't it be named like "Are You Frederica"? Why do they have to spell it S. A. R. A. Well, see, if it hadn't had the name Sarah in it, I might not have like paid attention. But then I, I saw it and I was like, oh, yes, yeah, Stacy, like this, this would be another reason never to take a ride share. <laughs> so let's get away from scary books about people named Sarah for my first book. And we will talk sort of um, about a book that I'm very excited about. And um, it is called Soul Taken, Mercy Thompson, number 13, 
by the amazing Patricia Briggs. And it is unfortunately not coming out until August 23rd, which makes me quite sad. I have a bit of time to wait. So what I'm not going to do is talk a ton about this book because it is book 13. So if you have not read the amazing Mercy Thompson series, this description will not make sense to you. And it will also give away characters that you shouldn't know about yet. So Mercy Thompson is a shape-shifting mechanic. She shapeshifts into a coyote, which doesn't yeah. sound that exciting, but she's a pretty exciting coyote. And in the in if you want to start with this series, you need to start with Moon Called Mercy Thompson number one, where it really sets up the world of Mercy and her interesting friends. So in Mercy's universe, there are shapeshifters, there are vampires, there are fae, there are many other creatures, and um, it's just kind of part of the world, part of our world. And Mercy finds herself quite often in the, um, often embroiled in twisty, turny situations that involve the supernatural, shifters, fae, vampires, And truly, Mercy is not like, she doesn't seek it out. She's not like a sleuth detective. She's seriously a mechanic. But somehow she ends up in all of these situations. And this series is just one of the most gripping, riveting, even when I'm not in the mood for urban fantasy, which right now I'm not. I'm always in the mood for Patricia Briggs and her Mercy Thompson series. I don't really want to give a lot away about the 13th book, but I will say that it does involve um, vampires. And um, one of the vampire characters is missing. And Mercy and her mate, whose name I cannot tell you, because if you haven't read the series, it will give away who her love interest is going to be before, you know, but mercy and her mate have to try to find this vampire and then dead bodies start turning up. But, um, it's, I, I can't wait. And I'm sorry that I'm giving such kind of like a bare bones description, but if I talk too much about it, I will give away things that we can't know, but just know that with this urban fantasy series, every time a mercy Thompson book comes out, it doesn't matter what I'm in the mood for, what I, you know, what I have, I buy it and gobble it. It's so good. And then I'm always like so bereft waiting for the next one. And so we waited a long time for this We one. did. This is two years because. Um, yeah. Because um, the, the last, because she releases a book every year, but like sometimes she'll switch off and do like her spinoff series. Alpha and Omega, the Alpha and Omega yeah. series. I actually have that one to read still. I, I might, which um, is good because okay. I'm going to need, yeah, I'm going to need to. One Patricia Briggs is never enough for me. And the last time I read, so two years ago when this, when book 12 came out, I was so bereft when I went after I finished it, I started the series all the way over from the beginning and read all of them again. <laughs> Cause I was so like, I couldn't, I didn't want to give up the world yet. It was so such an exciting, well-written book. And I will say one more thing. One of the things I really love about mercy is that a lot of, urban fantasy heroines are like super tough and like, I don't know, just kind of like these ass kicking confident people and mercy, although she can be very scrappy when she needs to be, 
she's more of like a nurturer who likes to like bake cookies for people and, you know, just quietly fix cars. And I just, I don't know. I just love her so much. She's a really cool, interesting character. So on August 23rd, if you were like me and you are somebody who loves Mercy Thompson, I would highly recommend that you read Soul Taken, Mercy Thompson number 13. And look, this will come out at the beginning of August or like the last week of July or whatever. So like this will give you lots of time to read the first 12 books to get ready for book 13. It's true. Aren't they good, Shannon? And you should. Yes, they are. So my first book this evening is Quarter to Midnight, New Orleans, book one by Karen Rose. And it comes out on August 2nd. So this is a new series and we are going to be meeting a group of private investigators. They investigate cases where people have not been able to get justice in the other way. So it was started by a man whose last name is Burke. And he, from what I understand from the synopsis, he used to be um, part of the New Orleans Police Department. So our main character for this book, her name is Molly, and she has just finished um, several tours in, Af- in Iraq as a Marine, and she's been kind of like, her legal connections in North Carolina have done some things to her. So now she is looking for a new job, and she joins with Burke and his new agency. And through this, we meet Gabe. Um, Gabe is a chef. Um, His father was a police officer for the New Orleans Police Department. And he remembers all the stories his father told him. And he didn't really want to deal with the, with the, like with all that kind of politics and the backstabbing that his father kind of told him about. So he decided that he was going to go into cooking and that he would just become the best chef ever. So something has happened. Um, His father is now deceased and Gabe wants to know what happened, like wants to know who killed him. Um, He thinks that his father discovered something within the department and that the blue line is hiding it. So he goes to his father's best friend, Burke, and asks him to investigate his father's death. Um, Burke assigns Molly to the case. She's pretty excited about this because it's a pretty important case. And she's quite intrigued by Gabe. Not only is his chocolate cake delightful, but he himself is appetizing. So she is looking forward to learning more about him, both professionally and personally. And that, my friends, is all I can tell you. So if you want to learn more about Molly and about Burke and his agency, then you will have to read Quarter to Midnight, New Orleans Book One by Karen Rose, and it comes out on August 2nd. Yes, yes, yeah. And I'm so excited because it's New Orleans and I just love New Orleans. Like I've never been there, but it's just it seems like such a intriguing place. 
Well, and I always like to kind of see like when she builds a new series, like who the group of characters are going to be and like how they relate to one another. Cause she does these really yes. awesome friend groups. My first book that I'm going to talk about this evening is where the sky begins by Reese Bowen. It comes out August 2nd, 2022. This is about, um, wartime so 1940 and Josie is she runs a tea shop I don't think she's the owner by the by the description so her boss is dead her husband is sent off to war and their apartment is destroyed oh so she's injured when her apartment is destroyed and is sent to the country. And in the country, she meets a woman named um, Mrs. Harcourt. And even though Mrs. Harcourt doesn't want any of the survivors there, she reluctantly agrees to have them in her home. So Josie has her open a tea shop with some reluctance because she believes that it'll help her. And she meets a man named Mike Johnson and things start to develop between them, even though she's married. Oh. And so, but then the war ends and her husband comes back. Now Josie has to decide if the secrets are worth what she's you know, what she wants or what she has to do. So that, my friends, is Where the Sky Begins by Reese Bowen, which comes out August 2nd, 2022. I've never read any of Reese Bowen's books, but a lot of them have looked interesting. I just haven't gotten around to any. I came across them by accident and they're pretty good. She's got like some cozies and then some like historical fiction standalones that are set during World War II. Yeah. So I like to pretend to everybody that knows me that I have this like heart that's made of stone. And I will say to people, it's fine. My heart's made of stone, but it's a big fat lie. Giant, huge. And last year I literally sobbed my way through the matzo ball by Jean Melser. Like I cried and cried and cried because A, it's it was so a lovely good. story, but B, the disability representation was so spot on and beautiful and perfect and wonderful and like all things lovely. And just the whole book was just so great. And I saw like, again, months ago, like, again, it's been a very painful long wait, but I can finally now say how excited I am that another book by Jean Meltzer is coming out on August 2nd. And that is Mr. Perfect on paper. So Ooh. There are some things that you should know if you are looking for a Jewish husband. The Jewish husband should be a doctor or lawyer, but obviously a doctor is far preferable. Duh. My (laughs) husband's a lawyer. I'm just putting some sarcasm in this. Um, Anyway. And, you know, also like there should be no prior marriages. There should be no kids. And most importantly of all, hello, if you're looking for a Jewish husband, he should be Jewish. And Dara Rabinowitz, um, who is the creator of the dating app, 
J-mate knows that all these things are very important. And she's very good at what she does. But for whatever reason, her own love life has stalled out rather dramatically. Whatever. She's helping other people find love. So it's not a big deal. But then her beloved Bubby shares her perfect Jewish match list of what she's looking for in a husband on national television. Oh, my God. What would you do if your grandmother did that to you? And no, the host of a show, Chris Steadfast, decides that he needs to like televise Dara's hunt for the perfect Jewish husband as part of a way to kind of gain ratings for his faltering show. And really, it doesn't matter at all that Chris is like nothing that she's looking for. I mean, he's not Jewish. He's a single parent, but like, whatever, you know, he's a news anchor. Like he's, he's not a doctor, obviously, but sometimes what looks perfect on paper may not be as perfect in real life. And again, the matzo ball to me was so warm and lovely and It was just perfection from the first page to the last, especially with the amazing disability representation. I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to give us in this next book. So I'm very excited to tell you that Mr. Perfect on Paper by Jean Meltzer comes out on August 2nd. And I'm just going to like not sleep. Like I think the first week of August, because there are so many good books coming out on August 2nd. I love this author so much. I am so excited that this book is coming out. I know. I, it was so embarrassing. Like, I was like tears, like down my face, like loving the matzo balls. Like, I hope that doesn't happen with this one. I hope it doesn't. Cause that's you do. uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like crying. I'm like, my heart is made of stone. Like I don't feel comfortable like getting emotive about a book. And so I was kind of mad at her for making me so sappy, but her writing is just so lovely. And it's so, um, it, she has, her writing is so approachable. Like it's so, welcoming um and you learn a lot while you're reading but it feels like you're just sort of like invested in these characters and it doesn't feel like a slog to learn things that you didn't know whether it be you know something about disability or about jewish culture it doesn't matter because she just takes you along on this ride like you're her best friend and her writing is just so lovely and open and warm and kind so i'm hoping this book i mean no pressure or anything gene Meltzer, but i hope this book you know is kind of like the matzo ball in that way. And it shouldn't make her cry. Yeah, just don't, no, no. Stone hearts. <laughs> don't need to crack for your books. Thanks. I will talk about my next book called Mika in Real Life. Is it about our Mika? <laughs> <laughs> Unless she's Japanese, I don't think so. So, this is Mika in Real Life by Imiko Jean. And it comes out on August 2nd. And Mika Suzuki is 35. And her life is kind of in turmoil. Her last relationship ended in flames. Her roommate slash best friend might be a hoarder. She's a constant disappointment to her Japanese family. And she's just been fired from her last dead-end job. What else could go wrong, right? Mm 
But then she receives a call from a young girl named Penny. And Penny is the daughter that she put up for adoption 16 years ago. And Penny is very determined to forge a relationship with her birth mother. And Mika, um, she would like to form a relationship, but because she wants to be the mother that Penny is looking for, she fudges a few details about her life. Oh, dear. One where she's mature and she has her crap together and all of this fun stuff. But it all kind of, you know, what starts out as just a little white lie kind of snowballs into a bigger one and a bigger one. But what she's telling Penny about what she would like to have and, you know, her dreams and her hopes and all of this, that part is true. But she's just not telling the truth about her real life. Now, the harder person to win over is Penny's adopted father. And they kind of start out on rocky ground, but then they develop a friendship. And over time, it becomes something more. But Mika starts to wonder if she can really have it all. Can she have love and her daughter and the life that she's always wanted? Or is all of her fibs going to come back to bite her in the backside? So she has to figure out how she's going to handle this. And hopefully it won't tear the relationships down that she has begun with her daughter and her adopted father. Her Now her adoptive father is a widower. And I think that may have a little bit to do with his, uh, his, his uh, hesitancy to, um, to be a part of Mika's life. But we shall find out because we don't know much about that. Um, but this, this looks really, really good. Um, you know, I can under, I can understand someone who, you know, thought that they may never hear from their child again, once, you know, they're adopted, you know, wanting them to see a perfect life. But at the same time, you know, you can't fib about that stuff for too long. So I can't wait to read this. In the blurb, it does say that if you enjoyed such a fun age and um, what is the Eleanor? Eleanor Oliphant. Yes, that book is mentioned that this this is the book. This is a book that people will enjoy if they enjoyed those books. There's another one. I need this. Um, Eleanor Oliphant is the other woman. Sorry, Kristen. Yeah, I can never say it right, so I just had other people say well, it. Well, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Actually, ends up being quite sad. It so, is very sad in places, but I, I liked it a lot. I liked it, too. I liked it, too. So this is compared to that, and then the other one is in five years. Um, so I haven't read any of those, but <laughs> it seems that you guys have, so 
Um, but this book looks really, really good to me. I can't wait to see where it goes and how it all comes together at the end. I hope it's a happy ending because I don't like sad endings. They make me sad and they make me cry and I don't like to cry. So this is Mika in Real Life by Emiko Jean and it comes out on August 2nd. I have a lot of books to read on the 2nd. I'm going to be busy. So my next book tonight is the second novel from Sri Lankan author Amanda Jayatisa. She wrote My Sweet Girl. I cannot remember now if that came out in 2020 or 2021, but whenever it came out, I read it and it scared me and I loved it. And I'm so excited that she's coming out with her second book. So this is You're Invited. And again, it's by Amanda Jayatisa. It comes out on August 9th. So the setup is a woman gets invited to her best friend's wedding. And the best friend is marrying this woman's former boyfriend. Oh, geez. Yes. So this is not good. Um, Our heroine is Amaya. And she is not feeling the greatest about this invitation. Like on one hand, she kind of wants to see them together and like see how this whole thing planned out. Because I think kind of in her mind, you know, she was hoping that it didn't really work out as well as it seems that it did. But she's also like really bitter about this. Like why is it her friend and not her that he married? So she ends up going to Sri Lanka for this wedding. And as soon as she gets there, these weird things start happening. And I'm not going to tell you what the weird things are, um, partly because I don't know all of them, but also because I feel like um, with My Sweet Girl, it's kind of like the less you know, the better off you are about this book. Um, So things become apparently very deadly at this wedding for various reasons. And not all of the guests will survive. So Amaya is trying to figure out, like, is this somehow linked to what happened to her and like, you know, between her and her friend and her boyfriend? Like, how how does this connect? Or is it just a coincidence that, you know, she she's just finding hard to believe? Um, My Sweet Girl is one of those books where the the answer to the questions could either be supernatural or human. And I'm not sure if we're going to go down a similar road here, but I loved her writing. She has such a gripping way of just reeling you in. Like once she has you hooked, you are not going to be let go anytime soon. Um, I am super excited for this. And she's just an amazing, amazing writer. So this is You're Invited by Amanda Jayatisa, and it comes out on August 9th. Shannon, I feel like you've talked about this author before. Yeah. Yes. Okay, because her name sounds familiar. I did this for uh, Creepy Books, I think, in, in October last year, um, because it really was, was a creepy, creepy book. So luckily for me, my next book is not creepy. It is called Love on the Brain, The uh, Love Hypothesis, book two by Allie (gasps) Hazelwood. Yay, 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 Uh, yay, yay. I have the first book on my TBR. I haven't gotten to it. Yeah, me too. So 
to be totally transparent, first of all, this, this isn't being transparent. This is, anyone can know this, but the book is coming out on August 23rd. Um, <laughs> no. To be totally, to be totally transparent, I have not read the Love Hypothesis yet. Um, I bought it earlier this week, fully intending to read it so that when I talked about this book on this episode, I would sound more like knowledgeable, but I will explain. Um, I read a book by my third author, who I will talk about obviously in a minute. Um, and that book, I, I ended up diving into several more of this author's books and neglected my duties or my excitement about reading The Love Hypothesis. But let's talk about this book because it sounds absolutely like something I would like to read. So um, the main character in this book is named B. And she has a very beautiful long last name that I cannot even try to pronounce. So I'm not going to. Um, but B always asks herself in situations where she feels unsure, what would the brilliant Marie Curie do? So when she's offered the lead on this huge project, she knows that Marie Curie would have taken it right away. So she does. But the problem is that she has to work with somebody named Levi, who she's known since school. And Levi doesn't like her. And she doesn't like Levi. Like they could live in different galaxies and that would be great. So right away, this sounds like an enemies to lovers, which is my favorite. So they are doing this project together, but suddenly things start happening. Like the, her subordinates on the project or the other people on the project are like, they don't listen to her. They're disrespectful to her. Her equipment starts to come up missing. And suddenly Levi, like shockingly, like starts being nice to her and like supporting her. Uh-oh. And look at this because he did it. <gasps> no, I don't think so. Not in this story. No, this isn't a creepy book. This is enemies, enemies to lovers. lovers. <laughs> but yeah, but maybe he did it. Now he feels guilty. Now he feels no. bad. He likes her. And... No, he's, I'm sure he's always loved her with the love of a million burning suns. And, and we just don't know that Bunsen because we burners. haven't. <laughs> yeah, with a million Bunsen burners with the strength. <laughs> So, so suddenly, you know, behind that, isn't there? Well, I mean, this is like sciencey, you know, we're talking about Marie Curie. Oh, so, so, um, you know, things begin happening and she starts spending more time with Levi and suddenly like her heart is getting involved and suddenly sabotaged her. He didn't. (laughs) (laughs) This is not one of your creepy thrillers, Shannon. No. This is love, enemies to lovers. And so love, B, love. <laughs> B starts asking herself, but instead of saying as her heart gets more involved, what would Marie Curie do? It's what would B with the unpronounceable last name do? <laughs> so if you guys want to figure out what B is going to do and, and, and who's stealing her stuff and sabotaging her project, then you might want to pick up Love on the Brain, Love Hypothesis, book two, coming out on August 23rd. And I promise before August 23rd, I will be reading the Love Hypothesis because I've heard it's nothing short of amazing. And I truly did mean to read it this week. So full transparency, last September, I think it was, I chose 
Ellie Hazelwood's Love Hypothesis as one of my picks. Yes. But honestly, and I'm going to say something negative that's going to turn into a glorious positive. I Uh-oh. chose it because I didn't know what else, like I needed a third book. And I thought, oh God, this, this, this um, synopsis just sounds so like flighty vapid. and vapid. And, you know, and then this book also got a ton of hype. And I thought, okay, I'm one of those people that like, if a book gets a ton of hype, I kind of go in hating it. So I'm like, why yeah. does everybody love it? Like, and then everyone just wants to read it because everybody else is like, then I get annoyed. I'm like, ugh. like I read the Nightingale before I knew it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, I, so I don't like when people hype a book so much that you're like, okay, are people actually liking this? Or are they just liking that all the cool people are liking it? But I read it last year and oh my God, it was so delightful and lovely and perfect. And the pacing and the plot and the stem and the, everything was so amazing. And I'm so so excited. So my next book this evening is Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister, and it comes out on August 2nd. Can you stop a murder after it's already happened? No. This is a parent's worst nightmare. I can agree to that. (laughs) Your happy, (laughs) kind innocent child has killed someone they've murdered a complete stranger you don't know why you don't know who all you know is that their teenager is in custody and his future lies in the past so you must look into the past in order to discover the truth and that is all my synopsis gives me people i don't know but our (laughs) faithful leader has um, learned more about this book and she is willing to share for me. So um, from people who have read early copies of this, um, which are mainly other authors at this point, but people have indicated that this is sort of a, like a time travel book. So she's able to somehow travel back into the past, like one day at a time in order to recreate sort of what, led him to commit the murder. Um, Jillian McAllister is masterful and I am super excited for this one. Um, Me too. I like, I like things that kind of play with time. So I'm eager to see how she pulls this off. I'm definitely looking forward to it. So this is Wrong Place, Wrong Time, and it's by Jillian McAllister and it comes out on August 2nd. This next book I'm going to talk about is Girl Forgotten by Karen Slaughter, and it comes out August 23, 2022. It is about a new minted FBI agent named Andrea Oliver. And she is assigned to babysit a judge who's getting threatening letters. Um, I'm assuming this day and time, maybe emails, but I'm just assuming. Um, it, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm assuming people still write letters. <laughs> um, so during this time, she's stuck on an old cold case about a girl named Emily, Emily, Emily Vaughn. And Emily Vaughn was She died in the 1980s. 
And she was an athlete, beautiful, and she has a secret that someone wanted to silence forever. Her family closes rank. Her friends keep their mouths shut until Andrea comes along and decides that she's had enough and she wants to know what happened. Um, that is pretty much all I can say on this. Um, this is Girl Forgotten by Karen Slaughter, and it comes out August 23, 2022. And I actually can't wait to read this. Yes. I love all her books. She's gotten better over the years. So my final book of the evening is by an author that I personally had never heard of, but I saw the description for this book and I thought, this is a Stacy book and I have to have it. I have to. And I texted Shannon and I said, this book has to be mine. Mine, 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 mine. (coughs) Right? So now I am talking about The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannett. So this book appears to be a fantasy romance and um, it is about Hart and he is a marshal of the wilds of a magical land called Tenria. And he, you know, he has a lot of time to kind of ponder his life and to think about just how lonely he is. Oh, oh. And then there's Mercy. And Mercy is single-handedly running Birdsall and Sun Undertakers. And she has no time at all. And it always seems like she has these encounters with Hart on the days when her patience is just like frayed to breaking point. And so they always fight whenever, you know, they're in like close, when they have these encounters. Well, after a particularly frustrating encounter with Mercy, Hart is feeling particularly bad and writes a letter that he just sends to a friend. He just needs a friend. And you know what? He needs a friend. He just sends it to, he's just like, in this one moment, he's very impetuous. And he just sends off a letter addressed to a friend. And you know what? He gets a response, you guys. Like he gets a response from a friend anonymously. Oh my God. We know it's like now why. Total thing. I know. Do we know why this is a Stacy book? It's because it's epistolary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my favorite thing. So. I'm like Hart really is, confused here by this like mail system, but that's not well, a it's, it's in a magical land that I don't understand because I don't know anything about Tenria. And so Hart is writing to this person and this person is writing back. But what are these two people going to do when they realize that it's Hart writing to Mercy and Mercy responding to Hart? Oh, and, gosh. you know, I hmm. know what's going to happen. And so, like, you know, things are starting to heat up in the land of Tenria and things are getting kind of, you know, war or something is looming. And, you know, will will the romance of heart and mercy hold up under the pressures? And when they realize that the person that they've been sort of falling in love with is the person that irritates them in real life. And I need this book in my life. Again, you know, I don't know anything about this author. But anything epistolary is like, oh, my God. It's like my catnip. Like, it's my jam. Whatever you want to say, it's like my favorite thing on the planet. Has been since the 90s when I read My Sweet Folly by Laura Kinsale. 
It ruined me. I love epistolary novels. Oh, me too. So I'm excited to read The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. And it comes out on August 23rd. And I cannot wait. Oh, I'm excited now too. I know. I saw this and I screamed. Of course you did. It wasn't. It does sound rather interesting though. So my final book for tonight is quite interesting. Ooh, I can't wait. Um, <clears throat> this is very much about female empowerment and women who, <clears throat> while they believe in equality, they tend to let the men in their life kind of control their actions. Um, so this is How to Fall Out of Love Madly. And I believe it's the, the author's name is pronounced Yana Kassel. It comes out on August 2nd. And this is about Annie, Joy, Celine, and Theo. Annie and Joy are roommates and they're struggling to make ends meet. So they decide they are going to rent out their extra room to Theo. And Theo moves in and he kind of wins Joy over pretty quickly with his salt and pepper hair and his love for their one-eyed cat. Oh, they had a one-eyed cat. And yeah, yes, he did. he did. And so eventually Annie moves out to move in with her boyfriend and that leaves Joy and Theo um, sharing this apartment and they find they, they kind of fall into this domestic routine that's comfortable for them. And then one day Theo brings home Celine, a girlfriend he has never mentioned. Oh, yes. Awkward. And Joy just cannot believe this because not only has he never mentioned her, but Celine is one of the most beautiful women she has ever laid eyes on. But what she doesn't know about Celine is that just because she's beautiful doesn't mean that she doesn't have some troubles of her own. Um, there's an event in her past that we, we don't know about as of yet that causes her to not be, not to be able to be as confident as she would like to be. And but Joy just, she doesn't see this part of Celine because she is very focused on doing whatever it takes to nurture the relationship that her and Theo have created between the two of them. So whatever Celine won't give him, Joy will give him oh. because she wants to win him over. Well, Annie here. Not a good dynamic. No, not a good dynamic. Toxic. Um, so Annie who has moved out to be with her boyfriend. Um, she kind of, she's a little worried about joy, but she's got some issues of her own because her boyfriend is commitment phobic and she's trying really hard to be the girl he wants this easygoing. Oh, you don't want to commit. That's cool. Just laid back girlfriend. But at work, 
she's a rock star and she can be her natural assertive self. But then one day an anonymous letter shows up on her desk accusing her supportive, her kind and supportive boss of sexual misconduct. And Annie has to decide who and what she's going to stand up for now. So these three women are trying to navigate their lives and they all just kind of decide at some point, you know, why are we letting these men kind of run our lives and tell us what we should be or should want or should need when we are all about equality. It's not about money and power for us. We, you know, we are our own women. And so they kind of have to navigate this and figure out what they really stand for and who they really are. And can they help each other get back to the women that they want to be? And I'm not really sure what's going to happen to poor Theo and all of this, but um, I guess we'll find out because he's not really talked about here other than the fact that he brings home a girl he's never mentioned before. Um, so this is How to Fall Out of Love Madly by Yana Casale, and it comes out on August 2nd. I need this. It looks so twisty so if amber were here she would be wholly in favor of my next book but sadly amber is not here so i think i've talked on the podcast before about how i have this strange fascination with the willowbrook state school in new york um i've watched documentaries about it Um, I keep looking for like more things about it and I think I've run out of like actual you know true things about it um but Ellen Marie Wiseman who wrote The Orphan Collector a couple of years ago and um, the life she was given back in 2016 and she's just an amazing author she is making me incredibly happy because on August 30th she is releasing The Lost Girls of Willowbrook this has been oh. on my like list of, of pre-orders for quite a while. I think as soon as I saw it on Audible back in like January, I did pre-order it. So it's just been like hanging out here for a while. Um, but it's almost here. So for people who don't know, Willowbrook State School was a place in New York City. And it was supposed to be for people that we would now uh, call developmentally disabled but in the days um, when Willowbrook was first opened they called it um, it was supposedly a school for the mentally retarded but it wasn't yes it was not a school of any kind it was like a just like a repository basically where people dumped off their kids and didn't really have anything to do with them after that um, some people that were sent there were not actually developmentally disabled. Um, people with cerebral palsy ended up there. People oh. who just, you know, had like learning disabilities ended up there. Um, Geraldo Rivera 
ended up doing an expose on it in the 70s. And after that, slowly things began to change, but not, you know, it, it did not happen with any great speed. Willowbrook is now closed, um, which is thank God. Yes. But this book um, is about twins and they are Sage and Rosemary. And they've always been really close. But when they are 10, Rosemary dies of pneumonia. And Sage has never really gotten over this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's really, really hard for her to figure out like how to kind of go on without her sister (laughs) so six years later sage learns a secret and that is that rosemary never actually died oh yeah instead her stepfather decided that because rosemary had some learning difficulties um he just like didn't want to deal with her anymore so he took her to willowbrook oh my god and made up this sort of whole story about how she died. Well, now Rosemary has gone missing from Willowbrook. And so suddenly people have to be accountable for what happened to her. And like the stepfather has to you know, tell the truth. And God. Sage decides that she's going to go to Willowbrook herself and try to figure out what happened to her sister. But when she gets there, the staff who are very... Yes. Like they are very like overworked. um, And, you know, a lot of them don't really care about the people that they're supposed to be caring for. So they decide that this must be Rosemary and like this whole like missing person thing like that's just done. Oh, my gosh. And so she is sort of taken into the walls of, of Willowbrook. And we get to see, you know, everything that she learns about the plight of the people who live there. Um, I, I don't know what more to say about this. I am super excited for it. I'm guessing it's going to be a very intense read. Um, mm-hmm. But I am here for it. It is The Lost Girls of Willowbrook by Ellen Marie Wiseman. And it comes out on August 30th, which is still way too far away. Any light of negative, like any way that this place can be shamed and exposed, I'm here for. I mean, what they did to the children that lived, oh God, I can't. So do you remember earlier in this episode where I talked about how I was going to read The Love Hypothesis this week, but then I decided that, well, I got another book and I was going to read both of them. And then I read this book and I was so sucked in by this author and their amazing ability to tell a story that I ended up reading um, two more by this author. Yes, I do. I do. So the book that I'm going to talk about tonight is called Husband Material, written by the amazing Alexis Hall. And it is coming out on August 2nd. And I just would like to say that I truly wish Alexis Hall could be my friend because he (laughs) is so delightful with his writing. And I just think that like, if we were friends, I don't know what I could bring to the friendship, but like, he would just make (laughs) me smile every day. (laughs) So I'm going to talk a little bit about boyfriend material, which is the book that precedes husband material, which is the book that I read this week that sucked me into the world of Alexis Hall. 
because husband material is the, um, what's the word I want? Sequel? Continuation. It's a continuation. Yes. I was thinking continuation, but saying consideration. So husband (laughs) material is the continuation of boyfriend material. So boyfriend material is about Lucia, who goes by Luke. And his mother is Irish and French and was very famous back in the 80s and and probably before. And his father is a like rock legend that teamed up and had like this tempestuous affair with his mother. And they put out a couple of very wonderful albums that are still purchased to this day. And (laughs) then he walked away when Luke was three. Never to talk to his son, never to talk to his mother. Douche. Yes, he, he, he is quite a douche. And so Luke grows up being this kind of like on the fringes, kind of almost famous person, famous for the fact that he has famous parents, but not famous. And the paparazzi are always like following him and like writing nasty things about him. And some things happened a few years ago in Luke's life that have just really like beaten him down and closed him off and not really um, he, he just is really kind of treading water and struggling in life at the moment because he really has just had so much negative press for things that he didn't even do wrong. They just twist it and make him look so like vapid and ridiculous. So, one day at his job, something that uh, a couple days before, like an article came out where like he fell in a gutter or something <laughs> and which, well, but, and then some more information came out and basically, you know, that he's gay and he works for a nonprofit and I'm not even going to say what it is because when you read the book, you will laugh until you cry at the name of the nonprofit. But he works for a nonprofit that is there to support dung beetles and the importance (laughs) of these beetles in the earth. And so he is like the fundraiser and he he has to I know he has to um, arrange this gala every year to raise money for the dung beetles. And They're very important. You don't understand how much they do for us in the the soil. Without them, our soil, we'd have issues with the soil. Just ask Luke. He'll tell you all about it. But people, the the donors who are like stuffy, woofy, kerfuffy, like, you know, English nobility, like, you know, has been peer type people start pulling out because of these stories about Luke and him being gay and just kind of being a wastrel. And so he tells his friends that he just needs somebody to be his boyfriend who is like serious and, and like, and, and a proper and appropriate who will like, you know, like rehab his image, rehab his image, fix his reputation. And so his best friend, Bridget recommends that, he talked to Bridget's really good friend, Oliver, who Luke has kind of had a crush on for a long time. Oliver is everything that Luke needs. He's a barrister. He's very barrister. together. Barrister, yes, he's a barrister. <laughs> and so Oliver and Luke 
enter into this fake dating relationship. Yes. Oliver is going to go with Luke to the Dung Beetle extravaganza. And <laughs> Luke is going to go with Oliver to his parents' anniversary party. And so they embark on these fake dates and they start sending these fake Ooh. texts that are designed to be fake relationshipy so that when they are together and having to pretend to be boyfriends, they like have enough information about each other to be believable. And of course, as such things often happen, the relationship is really not that fake. And the, the, the affection is actually not contrived. And these two souls who really truly need each other they're like the they're like the other person's other half and it is like one of the most beautifully written books it seems like it's gonna be like this romantic comedy and there are parts that I was like like cackling out loud howling I was making coffee all by myself in our conference room at work the other day with my earbuds in and I laughed out loud I laughed out loud on the bus coming home but I also cried in this book because it was just so they're just such beautiful souls who like were so lonely and just needed. They just needed the other person to come along and really be the person they needed. And Luke and Oliver are so beautiful. So boyfriend material is the start of their story and husband material is the end of their story. And I don't want to give a ton away, but you just trust me if you've ever trusted me and you need to pick up first boyfriend material you've got a little time because husband material doesn't come out till august 2nd and then you got to read husband material and i promise you you will not regret it you will laugh you will cry and you will root for luke and oliver who seem so completely polar opposite but yet really in their in their cores and their souls they're not so my last book this evening is long gone Detective Anna Lisa Vega, book two, by Joanna Shafossen. And it comes out on August 9th. So I can't, I have to be a little bit general about this, because otherwise I can give away stuff that happened in the first book. So Anna Lisa is having a rough time. Um, Her private life and her professional life is kind of not going well. It's, it's kind of very, very messy for reasons oh. that I can't give away. But a fellow detective has been found dead in kind of a bizarre situation. And based on like what's happening in her, pers- in her professional life, she kind of feels like she's not going to lose anything. Like, she has nothing to lose if she decides that she's going to kind of see what he's got hiding behind the thin blue line. So she starts investigating, and she discovers this guy named Box, and he is a car salesman. Um, He got away with another crime. And she feels that he has somewhat of some kind of involvement in this, her fellow detective's death. And she's determined that she's either going to convict, get him convicted for the crime that he got away with, 
or he's not going to get away with what happened to Hammond, which is the detective that died. Um, as she's investigating, she finds that there are some secrets in Hammond and Box's life that are not good and nobody wants them to get out. And that, my friends, is all I can give you. So this is Long Gone, Detective Annalisa Vega, book two, by Joanna Shafasen, and it comes out on August 9th. Have you read her, Georgina? No. What I like. <gasps> it's really good. Yes. Oh, yes. Her Ellery Hathaway books and, really, and the, this uh, one. And, and this one. They are very, very good. So this is my last one. This one is I Remember You by Brian Freeman comes out August 9th, 2022. This is um, Holly Everson goes to a party and she remembers dying but what but she wakes in the hospital but she clearly remembers dying but she also remembers someone else's memories and she's kind of okay more than she's scared because mental illness runs (laughs) in her family and so she's not sure what's real and what's fake So she goes on a journey to see which of her past is real. The one where she's Holly Everson or the one where she remembers. And that, my friends, is all I can tell you because the synopsis said no more. Um, It looks interesting. Um, I can't wait to read this when it comes out. This comes out August 9th, 2022. By Brian Freeman. I remember you. And on that note, we have reached the end of our most anticipated releases of August episode. Thank you to Kristen, Brooke, Georgina, Stacy, and Sarah for sharing some of their most anticipated releases with us tonight. Thanks, as always, goes out to Christine for all of her editing. And, of course, we thank each and every one of you for joining us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm